This podcast contains mature content and is not suitable for all audiences. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sex! Sex. Hey there. Welcome to the Sex Pod. My name is Nina. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Cece, and I use they, them. And this is the podcast where we talk about sex, and we answer listener questions, and so much more. But at the top, (laughs) we like to do a little bit of chit-chatting, and so we'll start today with Happy Pride Month! It's Pride Month, y'all. Best month of the year! It's good, and we just, like, happen to bring our pride, not even, like... We didn't even talk about it, Mm-mm. but we, I'm wearing a beautiful, a rainbow hat. That's like my favorite hat now. Nina, you got some like amazing glasses and your dangly earrings. Well, I got the dangly earrings for every recording, but the glasses, I figured I should spice up a little bit for our nice. pride episodes. Thank you. I'm here for it. How have you uh, been? Good. Good. Um, currently waiting for movers. Mm-hmm. That's so they're going to be here yesterday. Mm-hmm. And my conclusion is that they're moving very slow. So I don't <laughs> know where they're at, but I am still waiting. So if you're out there and it's June 8th and you're hearing this right now, you're in trouble. So <laughs> I'm really hoping that while we're recording, your wife will text you and say, they're here. I would yeah. love that because you're moving one thing for us. Please, mm-hmm. please help us. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Well... The the listeners can't see it, but oh, I guess I guess we'll have a um a little yeah. clip for Instagram. Mm-hmm. What would you call this? Your bougie neck collar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently wearing an animal print rice filled lavender neck heater that oh. you put in the microwave, and then you can it's like stays hot, and you can put it on your any part of your body. It's draped around me like a scarf right now. <laughs> um. Right. I have a sprained neck. (laughs) And listen, I heard you, Fuker. You thought something in your head right now. And Nina, is it true? It's not true. No. It's not a sex. It's not a sex accident. (laughs) It's not a sex related injury. (laughs) No, it's not, unfortunately. But every single person, including my brother, who heard that I had a sprained neck went, "Mm." (laughs) I mean, now that we have a sex pod, I feel like people just, that's like what they lead with with us. Like everything is sex. Right. Um, I would love to lie and say I was given some head, but I wasn't. (laughs) I just didn't take my own pillow on vacation. I'm at the age now where I have to take my own pillow on vacation. I cannot believe that. I saw you coming back from your trip. You're in the car. And I literally can still visualize it in my head because you're sitting in the passenger seat. Kile is driving and he was probably doing something like he was avoiding potholes, but the way he was doing it was causing some pain for you. And I literally watched your face just like I could tell you were in so much pain. Excruciating. I am so sorry. Thank you. But this, this bougie... I just, for some reason, yeah, I do too. Also, I feel like people wore that on the Titanic. Yeah, and it's also really (laughs) fuzzy. So, like, they probably did. Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I need to start getting clothes with animal print on it? Because I've never been that person. Mm -mm. 
No. Mm-mm. Okay. So this Mm-mm. is just for when I have a hurt neck. Just this this occasion. Okay. Purely, purely this occasion. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is also very biased because I dated somebody that was into zebra print. And um, when I say was into it, it was like very into it. And oh. I just was not. Okay. But you do you. I mean, I've never been print. into like the Snooky Jersey Shore Mm-mm. type. I've never been into that. Uh-uh. Um. But I like the way this looks, so we'll see where it goes from here. Okay. All right. We can lean into it, I guess. (laughs) If you start seeing me wear animal print, though, like something's up, please check on me. You. If I see you specifically, Mm -hmm. I will call Sarah and be like, what what happened? Such a big red flag. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just telling you. (laughs) So um, I prepared something for us today. Awesome. But before we jump into that, I was wondering if maybe you wanted to let everybody know what we were celebrating today besides pride. Are we talking about my little nephew? Yeah. I have a new nephew. Yeah, you do. Yeah. He's two weeks old now. Um, and his name is Eli and he is literally the most perfect baby. Like all of my nibblings are perfect when they're born. Yeah, of course. Um, and also all babies come out looking like a smushed potato, which is super cute <laughs> and delicious. This baby came out pristine not a C-section baby either. So they, wow. you know, he spent a good three hours in the birth canal. He came out like <laughs> perfection. Um, formed, he, the head was formed well. I mean, his his head was a little funky, a little... but his face is just <laughs> amazing. Um, and he's a cute little boy. And so, and yeah, now I've got, it's my fourth, my fourth nibbling. That's lovely. I realized too, that by the time the listeners hear this, it will be four four weeks they'll be almost a month old on yeah by the time they hear this so well shit almost happy birthday to that little <laughs> that little guy happy one it's exciting yay yeah. so today we're we are working on sticking to quickies and because we are overachievers we tend to give you a little extra on quickies um but we're gonna try and be really mindful about making this an actual quickie today so nina if you don't mind Will you read the listener's question, please? Yes. Thank you. So this is a question that we got to our email, and here it is. Wasn't sure who to turn to about this one, but I have a burning question. Questions. I started feminizing hormones a little over a year ago. This has definitely changed the way I feel physically turned on. However, I also know that my sexuality can shift and change over time. I'm also an expert at discovering more about my identity later in life. Lately, I've been feeling drawn to identities like gray sexual and ace flux. My question is, is the lack of sexual attraction just a result of my age, end of my sex drive, question mark, or my medical transition, hormones affecting how and if I feel sexual attraction, or is it part of my evolving identity? Now, I'm totally aware that I can only answer questions about my identity, but I guess I'm just asking if these other factors can affect my sex drive so much. I'm just quite confused, and I'm wanting to talk it out. I don't want to appropriate anyone's identity just because of my changing hormones. I love this question. That's a really good question. Uh, And to the Fuker that sent it in, Great question. We love you. And I'm so excited to try my best to answer this in a way that like feels good to you. Um, when you're reading that, I had this like, what's that movie? Sleepless in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Do they have like this? Like, is there like a deer confused or like confused? Like, is that in that? What am I thinking of? Like Dear Abby's? 
kind of, but like, is that also in that? Because they do like a radio show, right? You know, Maybe- it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't know if I have an answer for you. I don't want any shit about how I don't remember what Sleepless in Seattle is from any of you. <laughs> I will watch it in my bad if I'm not being the right thing. But too confused. Um, here is what I have for you today. So there are a couple pieces in this that I think are really important to identify. So first, let's talk a little bit about what gray sexual and ace flux is for people. So gray sexual is a more nebulous space that is somewhat vague in its definition to create space for people to fall anywhere on the spectrum that runs from asexual. So someone who doesn't experience sexual attraction to others to being like sexual. So there are commonly three subtypes for this gray sexual category. So one is sex repulsed. And that's someone who's disinterested or repulsed by the idea of sex. You also have sex neutral, which is someone who doesn't typically seek uh, sex out. They may still have sex under certain circumstances, but they don't tend to feel inclined to really consider sex as something they want to engage in. The last category is sex positive. So this usually involves somebody that is um, doesn't feel sexual attraction to others, but will still participate in sex as a way to experience pleasure. I have a question. Okay. Is this, when we're saying sex, are we talking about anything sexual, sexually related masturbation or, you know, are we, what, what's, what's sex defined as here? I think that's a really good question. And I think that probably varies from person to person. Like for some people, I imagine it's like involving other people. For some people, it might be like also involving their, their own experience. Um, and I think it's, the spectrum of asexuality involves so many different components. So that's a really good question. I imagine there's a subcategory for people that just aren't into exploring any of that stuff. Gotcha. Thanks. I like the way you work. Okay. Ace flux. Ace flux is an identity within the asexual spectrum. So it refers to someone whose sexual attraction may ebb and flow throughout time. So they may experience times when there's no sexual interest to anyone. And yet, other times where the individual may feel less strongly asexual at another moment in time. So this can mean that someone might experience a change in how or to the degree in which they are attracted to somebody. Makes sense? So far. Do any of you listeners have questions? Oh, wait, I can't hear you. But if you do have questions, you could email us or you could write us on our Instagram page, which is the underscore sex pod on Instagram. Ooh, that was good. That, I know. I got a little jello inside. We'll, we'll remind them again at the end of the. Yeah, we will remind you. But if you do have questions about any of this stuff, please feel free to let me know because I know it can be new and overwhelming and sometimes scary. So, like, feel free to connect with us. So, the questions that are posed in this listener question is this quote unquote, is this a lack of sexual attraction just a result of my age? So, end of sex drive or my medical transition, or is it a part of my evolving identity? So these are really great questions. And I love it too, because I can tell that the listener is trying to explore the different variables and components that make us like who we are as sexual beings or as humans, right? So listener, you're doing a really great job at starting to conceptualize yourself. And I think that's really rad. So first, let's talk about your age being the end of your sex drive. So for the listener, for reference, I know the listener is someone in their late thirties. So my thought around this specific part of the question is that we know our sex drive can go into the later years of our lives. Mm 
So it might look differently and be experienced differently, but it's uncommon typically for people in their later life to still experience, or sorry, it's still common for people to experience having a libido or sex drive later in their life, right? So a way you can test that is to go to any like retirement home or nursing home and ask the staff about their experiences. You're going to find out that there's a lot of like hanky panky going on behind closed doors, sometimes open doors. Yeah. And right? we also know that these <laughs> nursing homes have very high rates of STIs. So Very high rates. Yeah. Why? Because people are still enjoying intimacy with one another. So my initial thought is that this might not be necessarily the contributing factor to what you're experiencing um, in terms of like, this is the finality of your sex drive. Um, our bodies do change over the course of our life. So there could be other factors potentially related to the age that could impact libido, right? So like different uh, mental health things, chronic pain, certain medications that we're on, um, other medical issues, things like diabetes, those things can impact that. Um, so if this is something that you'd like to try and eliminate for understanding for yourself, listener, I would definitely try and talk to, um, a doctor that you trust about these factors. If this is something you're concerned about, but, oh yeah, go ahead. I just had a question or a thought and a question. So this could, we could also think of it as just like a season in life. You know, there could be sometimes you could be a very high sex driven person and you have six months of your life where you're just not really feeling so much, right? I talk about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know to okay. step on your toes. So let's talk about the potential impact of hormone replacement therapy on someone that's taking feminizing hormones. So in fact, there are more, um, there are more studies regarding the impact of testosterone on individuals versus the impact of estrogens. So feminizing hormones, um, which means like that we're not really, we don't have a lot of studies necessarily about this. Is, that's, is oh, that. Are we blaming the patriarchy for that? I mean, always. I'm okay. in a default of doing that. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it really, this is with like everything, like birth control, things like that, right? So unfortunately, not only is like the trans community getting better at it, but we still deserve to have a lot more studies done, understanding research done, so we can have more informed care for people. So... So in some of the studies that I do have, um, it's just important to keep in mind that we don't have like definitive results on the specific topic right now. There's a lot of theories and some research that's going into it and a lot of it like contradicts itself at times. So further research and understanding has the potential to shift this conversation. And if people who make their career out of understanding what's going on within their body regarding this topic are still searching to find the answer, it is absolutely okay, listener, that you are too. These people are making their whole career and education out of understanding the body and how it works, and they're still a little perplexed on this. So if you're feeling that way, that is so okay. That is absolutely understandable. So in 2014, there's a cross-sectional study of 214 trans women and 138 trans men uh, utilizing questionnaires. So they found that 62.4% of trans women reported a decrease in sexual desire. 73% of trans women never or rarely experienced spontaneous and responsive desire. And if you want to learn more about those, you can check out one of our first couple episodes that's actually labeled that, I think. In another 2014 study that tried to develop an understanding of why shifts in sexuality are so frequent for people transitioning, 
um, they had 150 transgender individuals complete a questionnaire. Based off of the responses provided, the researchers believed some common contributors that play a role in a shift in sexuality are such things as individuals' biography, autogynephilic, so that's an indication, uh, identification with a desired sex, which can become a desire to actually be the desired sex, and autoandrophilic, so some men are sexually aroused by impersonating the individuals to whom they are sexually attracted or by permanently changing their bodies to become like basically the people that they are attracted to. I want to really note that these two concepts are um, met with different opinions and feelings on this. So just kind of keeping that in mind that this is based off of that one of the 2014 studies. Confusion before and after transitioning could impact it, social and self-acceptance, as well as a concept of sexual orientation itself um, may explain the phenomenon of why people experience a shift in sexuality. A more recent study, though, from 2020 that had 766 participants complete the sexual desire inventory, and that was over a span of three years. So it's a uh, what do they call it? Long, longitud longitudinal longitud study. I cannot say that word ever. Longitudinal. Longitudinal. Did I do it? Yeah, it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, so over three years, so they found that for the first three months of taking the hormones, solitary, so like masturbation, like any kind of activity with self, um, in dyadic, so with another person, desire decreased. So I'm going to, we'll talk about that again. So what they find is that for a lot of people taking feminizing hormones, the first three months, they find a drop, a decrease from their baseline in like having kind of this um, sex drive or like what would better be described as like libido or just interest in intimacy, right? In terms just of sex. Desire, right? horniness, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. All of it. However, after 36 months, Total and dyadic desire ended up being higher than the baseline and solitary were comparable to the baseline. So what they found is an initial drop. And then over the life, like over the 36 months, they saw an increase in desire and libido for somebody. My initial thoughts around this, um, cause that's a lot of information, right? Is like that. It's not abnormal for people to experience fluctuations in their desire as they go through a hormone replacement therapy, right? And in fact, like when you look at different experiences on the internet, whether it's like on Reddit or TikTok, whatever, there's a lot of people talking about their experience of kind of exactly what you were talking about, listener, like how you experience desire right? Like what does touch feel like now? Because a lot of people talk about how touch changes depending upon um, the hormone that they're taking or hormones they're taking, right? Um, the other thing too is like how you're thinking or not thinking about desire in a way that maybe you used to before. So this is a really normal part of the process. And what's really tricky is that unfortunately, I think this conversation is oftentimes missed when people are going through the transition process because people don't feel maybe providers don't feel comfortable talking about sexuality and intimacy. But the tricky part about that is if we're not informing people of the potential of this, what happens is people start their care 
And then they notice these things and they start to get worried or panic that something's not right or broken or is never going to come back. And so I really would just encourage people, especially if you are a provider working with the trans community is like, this should really be a part of the conversation. Because if you think about it, if people are experiencing a shift in their sexuality, that could have some really big implications on like how they move through the world, the relationships that they developed or they're participating in, all of that. So if we're not having this component to the conversation, the overall conversation, we're missing a really important one. And I think even though we don't maybe have the specific answers or reasons or all of that stuff to point to, we still, we still, they are our clients, patients, whatever, deserve to have this knowledge and at least have the opportunity to talk about it. Here's kind of what you can glean from this information. So listener, you're absolutely not alone. You're not alone. There is so much still to be learned and understood. And one of the best ways that we can learn and understand is by having grace and compassion for ourselves, by allowing ourselves to connect with people that we trust, by asking questions when we feel like it's safe to do so, and to really build community around this because there are people going through this with you. Um, and it's absolutely okay that you're feeling the space you fit in currently is gray sexual or ace flux. So you said it yourself, listener, your sexuality can shift over time and as, and, and so can your sense of self to a degree, right? I mean, we're always evolving as humans. So there are so many factors that can contribute to who we are, how we move through the world and how and what we desire. You being in this new space and feeling better fitting in the gray sexual ace flux category doesn't equate to you appropriating an identity. The reality is for many people, they may find themselves wearing this, these different identities depending upon the various seasons of their life, like Nina was talking about. So we have an opportunity right here and every day moving forward to normalize this so we can give one another permission and ourselves permission to embrace our authenticity rather than cling to a label or a concept that no longer fits us. So if we think about it like our life being a season, we wear different clothing for different seasons. We might wear different labels or categories or communities for different seasons of our life. And that is absolutely okay. So I know that's a lot to throw your way. I hope that helped. And listener, if you have any additional follow-up questions or concerns, please know we are always open to hearing that. Um, but this is like, this is a really important conversation that I think is not being had enough. So I genuinely just want to take a moment to take our, to thank our little Fuker for bringing this to our attention and letting us have an opportunity to talk about it. Absolutely. This definitely won't be the last time we talk about this mm. as well. Mm. And Cece, thank you so much for reading through the studies to give us the information that on one hand feels like, oh, great, there's some info. And on the other hand is like, but there's no answer yet, you know? Yes. So, um, in those, and it'll be in our resources too. So if anybody wants to look at the studies that I was looking at and there are, there are more studies out there. Um, and I'm imagine, I'm hoping that there are studies being done, like as we speak right now that are going to get us the information we deserve to have. Um, but those resources are a good starting point. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. If anyone's listening and you have follow-up questions to this or you have 
completely different questions, please send them in to us. Feel free to DM us at the Instagram, which is the underscore sex pod, or you can email us. DSP.podcast at protonmail.com. What the hell? Kyle made that today. Oh, I was not. I was. Listen, I spent all week memorizing our podcast. Uh-huh. We don't have know, to use it. Like, I just, no. I just had to have the recording of you like, hearing that for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> can we, can we play it one more time so yes. I'm not interrupting the amazing? Absolutely. Ones? If you'd right, like to, it. if you'd like to send us an email, here's where you can do that. Dsp.podcast at protonmail.com. Wow, he's got like that, like, like he's got some stuff going on. All right. He's got some stuff going on. Go, Keely. <laughs> yes, he does. Wow, that is exciting because now we don't have to, we don't have to remember. We could, yeah, we can drop it in or we can not. We can do whatever we want. I just, I, that's right. He, he sent it to me and I was like, I'm not showing them beforehand. That is so funny. I was like, uh, what? Uh, uh, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Um, I guess now is an appropriate time to say thank you, Keele, for always putting together some awesome jams for us. Yeah. That's, damn, that's thanks, great. Thanks, Keele. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Keele. We, in a couple weeks, will be coming out with another podcast for you all, of course, because we love you. And we have a surprise for you for that podcast. Nina, do we want to keep it a surprise or do we want to... Give a little I, hint. I think we can let them know that we have a guest coming uh-huh. in the month of June. Yeah. And it's a fun topic. It's not going to be a quickie episode. So I think we, it's fair to say, like, we're going to have to strap ourselves in, maybe make it a two parter. We don't even know yet. Strap um, it on. We're, strap it on, baby. <laughs> That's what we're all about. But we're really excited. And um, also, you know, it is Pride Month. We will continue to be sharing resources on the Instagram, on our Instagram for Pride and celebrating. And, um, why don't you guys all let us know what you're doing for pride this, this yeah, year? We'd love to know. I know that this year might be a little tricky with pride because we're feeling well anxiety done. and fear. Yeah. Um, and some places that's winning and some it's not. And here's the deal. Um, you always have a place here to celebrate pride with us. Um, because we are proud of you in any form and shape that you take. And the reality is like, we are all beautiful people. So this month is for celebrating this community, the LGBTQ community, LGBTQ plus to all of the things in there. Um, We deserve to be seen and respected and we deserve to have happiness in our life. So let's celebrate together this month. So excited. Okay. We love you so, so, so much. Bye. Bye. We would love to hear your stories, thoughts, feedback, and questions. Please submit them to tsp.podcast at protonmail.com. All submissions are anonymous and identifying characteristics will be altered to protect confidentiality. Today's episode has been produced and mixed by Nina and Cece. The music created by Kile. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the underscore sex pod. Share, like, and follow. Sex. <laughs>